R&R trains, coaches, and mentors women, empowering them to overcome personal and professional challenges and enabling them to revitalize and rise. You are now listening to R&R Sheroes, conversations with inspirational and sheroic female role models who are creating a difference. To hear these motivational conversations, subscribe to RevitalizeAndRise.com. Hello and a very, very warm welcome to yet another new episode of R&R Sheroes. And I'm really excited today because the lady I have here with me today has been my role model and mentor, someone who has really inspired me and supported me ever since I moved to London. And I simply adore her. What can I say about Jenny? Jenny Garrett is phenomenal. Jenny's mission is to transform the world for everyone, one empowered woman at a time. She uses her years of experience in coaching and leadership to inspire and motivate people, working with them to deliver career and life-changing results beyond expectation. Awarded APCTC Women's Coach of the Year 2014, Jenny is a sought-after executive coach, author of Rocking Your Role, How-To Guide to Success for Female Breadwinners. She's a speaker and founder of Reflection Associates, Leadership Consultancy, and Rocking Your Teens. Jenny has reached an audience of over 30,000 through her speaking engagements, including three TEDx talks. She has been a guest on BBC Radio 4's Women Are and is a regular commentator on Sky News. Jenny was honored to be listed in Brummel Magazine's Top 30 City Innovators 2016 and LinkedIn's UK Top 10 Powerful Women in 2013. She was also the City Rising Star in 2017. Recently, she's been talking a lot about fostering humility and how important a trait is humility for leaders. And I can personally vouch that she is the best person to share this knowledge. She walks the talks. Despite having much more experience and exposure than I do, she's always come across someone who's very humble and who's always listened to my ideas with open mind and very, very encouraging when I share my input and discuss collaborations with her. And as you can see, I can go on for a few minutes, but let's just stop here. And welcome, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. How are you today? We are so glad to have you. I'm really well, thank you, Hira, and delighted to be interviewed by you today. Fantastic. And even though we've done a very long introduction for you, because I really wanted to tell everyone how amazing you are, but still, we would like to hear from you. What exactly it is that you do, and can you tell us something more about your work? Okay, so I'm an executive coach and author. Uh, I've been running a leadership and coaching consultancy for the last 12 years. Um, I'm really well known for writing a book called Rocking Your Role, which is a guide to success for women who are the main earner in their home. And that book propelled me into having media attention and also um, uh, providing talks and leadership programs and one-to-one coaching, specifically for women who are navigating work and life um, and all of the challenges that are around that. So whether that's work-life balance, whether that's guilt, whether that's career progression, whether that's managing their relationships. So that's the work I do and I absolutely love it. My mission is to transform the world for everyone, empowering one woman at a time. Um, And so, and I really do mean everyone. I want the world to be good for men and women, but I work through women to make that happen. That's amazing, Jenny. And the book I know has, has been talked about a lot. It's a wonderful book. It's, it's on my to-read list, and I definitely want to get my hands on it. I think it's an amazing book. Uh, but I also want to know what kind of challenges you faced while you read this book, uh, while you wrote this book, sorry. Because um, when I was, um, you know, when I was uh, 
interviewing a lot of women in the in the last few days for my book survey, the, there was this one thing which really came out on the top, which was fear fear of missing out on on being everything like a mom, wife, uh, a good working professional. So it means that the women still feel quite guilty about being the main bread earner or being um, career oriented. And especially, I feel that I don't know. I'm not sure if it's true about Europe, but in our culture, the culture which I belong to, there's also a cultural taboo associated with women who are earning a lot because you're perceived as somebody who are really career-oriented and very ambitious and probably not very caring. So did you also come across these challenges while, while you were writing the book? Yes, I think definitely um, there are many challenges. And I'd say that um, particularly women as can be seen as the alpha female, which means, you know, they can be seen as aggressive and ambitious and a bit ruthless if their career is their priority rather than their family a perception that career is um you know the most important thing to them but also there's a reflection on the man i remember being interviewed at my um book launch and and someone saying well if the man's not a main earner or is a stay-at-home dad isn't he just lazy um so there's you know there's those thoughts that come into play as well as many others which is really um you know the idea that uh, being the main earner as a woman is a choice it's not always a choice sometimes it's thrust upon someone uh, if I you know in terms of my journey to becoming the main earner it wasn't me thinking gosh I want to earn more money than my husband it was that when I left my role uh, I uh, and started my own business I my salary increased but also my husband at the same time left his profession as an accountant to work with disaffected young people the ones who are troubled and because of that uh, his salary went down so it wasn't a deliberate uh, you know choice I want to earn more than my husband it was much more I want to follow my passion he wants to follow his passion but those passions are paid differently um, and, and I think one of the big things is communication in that um, there are so many challenges uh, for women you cannot say you know pat yourself on the back saying how wonderful you are for being the main earner it just isn't the done thing whereas men will say you know well, I'm earning the money I'm you know I you know I I'm making decisions around this I'm killing myself working hard um, and they get thanked for it a lot um, but women it's not okay for women to do that right now in society I think it would be you know it's not seen very well so so because of that it's harder it's sort of like a bit of a shameful secret yeah. and the you know the, you know the feelings of shame resentment and guilt are very much entwined with being the main earner um, but also for the man as well being you know being embarrassed that their partner earns more being resentful that uh, uh, you know they're they're not accepted in certain spaces as a stay-at-home dad or they're seen as a, a failure uh, sometimes by other people which is absolutely not true um, and this you know the guilt is such a big thing it's such a big part of it right but, mm. right right and and one thing I want to share with you is that I was part of a group last week uh, they were doing financial planning and they were clearing financial um, you know negative energy and doing it was sort of a healing healing kind of group and they were all women in that group and they asked us to uh, write down a figure for our income and then they asked us to double it and when we doubled it, a lot of the women suddenly just got very uncomfortable. And when they said, why, what made them uncomfortable? A lot of women, including myself, 
we said that, oh, maybe maybe our husband might be, not be comfortable with it. Maybe our family may not like it. Maybe we're ignoring our kids. So we had so many limiting beliefs holding us back. And that's when I thought about you and I thought about your book and I was like, oh my God, so women really, so I, I knew I had done this research on fear of missing out, but when it actually happened with me and I was actually writing down my income goals, I was so overwhelmed with guilt and fear and confusion. Do, do I want to earn that much? Um, so I think, and then I actually laughed and I talked to my husband and I said, what if I'm earning twice as much as you and he and he was laughing he said well I will I get to relax and I get to stay at home I don't mind that and I know he's very supportive so I do remember that in one of the conversations we had mentioned that it's important to have financial conversations with with your partner uh, and I think is that something you, you advise? Absolutely I think talking about money there was a prudential study that said um, 20% of couples have never spoken about money um, and I, I think it's because money can cause arguments I think it's money chores the household chores and in-laws are the three things most couples argue about and so uh, if you don't if you want to avoid arguments you stay away from these conversations but the money conversation is a really important one to understand your attitudes to it to understand how you'll manage it together um, and also just actually to say to the person if you know if you're a man listening to this actually you know to say to your partner and, and if they're the main earner well done thank you because they're not really going to get it from anywhere else anywhere else because it's a very private conversation you know thank you for you know supporting the family thank you for uh, you know making sure that we can have nice holidays or, or whatever it is um, just helping the woman to to feel good about her role in life is is really key so yes you're, you're absolutely right there though this uh, money conversation is important and I think I have a framework for it in my book on how you can start that conversation as well great great and I think it also mentioned how there was I was listening to one of your interviews and you had mentioned how it uh, the trend has changed first there were about one-fifth women earning Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now a third of mums are the main earner in, in this, in the UK. So that's moved just over a five year period from yeah a fifth of mums being the main earner to now a third. Uh, and just think, you know, think about your friendship group, think about the, you know, your girlfriends or even your family members. And, uh, you know, and just the fact that if you have three of you together in a room or go for coffee or something, one of you is likely to be the main earner, but you may not have spoken about it because uh you know that's one thing i found women don't talk about it and which is why i wrote the book women talk about so many intimate and personal things but um uh you know the main being the main earner doesn't seem to be something that comes up in the conversation and then when you were writing a book did you did you strike this conversation did you start asking women I did. So I actually, um, I sent a message before I wrote it. When I first came across the topic and, and realized that I was the main earner, I, I started just sending messages out on social media. You know, I love uh, social media. And um, uh, I just said, have you been the main earner? And how do you feel about it? And the one that actually compelled me to write the book was a message I got back from a woman in America, actually, who said I was the main earner for three years. And those were dark days in my life, she said. And I just thought, wow. oh, you know, no, no one should feel like that. No woman should feel that because she's the main earner, life is hard, life is awful, you know, she's unhappy or she's ashamed. It should be really something we can celebrate, the capacity right. to do this. So um, that was why I decided to do more research and, and ended up writing the book. Right. And what's more important is um, 
uh, Jenny, and I think you also mentioned in the beginning of the interviews, you said that um, that you're not only empowering women, but you're also empowering men. And I think it's really important to kind of counsel and talk to men too, because uh, sadly I feel, and I thought this was only common in Asia and Middle East, but I find this here in Europe too. And I've, I have friends who have been working in US and Australia and Canada who have been telling me, and I have clients who, have, who are in different countries have been telling me that that dads who work from home or who are very active in the, in the lives of the children um, are sometimes find it very difficult to mingle with mom groups because moms are not very inclusive and don't include them in the groups. So I think if we also need to, like you said, and you pointed out, it's also very important to perhaps count, you know, mentor and coach men out of this. And we have to tell them it's not easy, but uh, probably strategies to kind of um, uh, help them in, in, in coming out of this and, and getting over this discomfort of mingling with in, in mom's group if they are uh, for example a stay-at-home dad, dad what do you say about that yes i think it's an inclusive uh, issue an inclusive inclusivity issue the same way that it's really hard for a woman to break into a boardroom in the same way it's very difficult for a man to break into a baby group um i think there's a big comparison which is that you are in the minority you're either exotic oh isn't he wonderful he's looking right. at oh, this amazing oh. or you're just <laughs> which is you know I have you know is this person trustworthy is their child going to survive the day you know um so so it's, it's that sort of thing and it should be much more the norm it's treating people as they are in the same way that a woman entering the boardroom shouldn't be ostracized or ignored and shouldn't be thought oh you know isn't she amazing because she's a woman and she's managed to walk into the room so so I, I think you know the, these are it's about being a minority and how how we treat people who are different to us um right. it, it in order to encourage more people who are different to us to do those same roles and yeah. and you know men can I think men uh, you know men are really good about making any role they have seem amazing seem <laughs> you know like it has so much responsibility so yeah. I think if there are more stay-at-home dads uh, or homemaking dads I think the role of homemaker will be elevated because right. they'll they'll you know they might even find a way for the government to pay them to do it because yeah. <laughs> men are really clever I also think that it gives men freedom uh, you know I've had so many radio and tv interviews with men who say you know uh, you know I would go to work in a job that I hate year after year because that's my job as breadwinner. Well, why should they? You know, uh, you know, why should a man be stuck in a job that he hates just to bring in the money for his family if the woman could do a job she loves and bring in the money for, right. for the family? So I think it will give men more freedom, more freedom to be with their families if that's what they want, more freedom to pursue the careers that they want, um, not just based on how much the careers pay. And, and same in the likewise for women as well right and i remember you had mentioned in one of your conversations which i had heard earlier that uh, sometimes it's also helpful for men for example who have a creative talent and who just want to maybe go into music or do a job which is not very rigorous nine to five so perhaps it's also better for those men right absolutely if you're a musician or yeah have some sort of art-based uh, career that doesn't pay you know a really good consistent salary but you know there might there might be the odd you know large sums that come through then yeah you know 
having a wife who's the main earner could be perfect. And, and someone actually said to me, any woman who's the main, who earns a really good salary and hasn't got a husband yet, should be looking for a software developer because they often work from home <laughs> and they're quite flexible. So, uh, so there's a tip for any of your listeners. <laughs> right, right. That's fantastic. So I know, Jane, this has been a wonderful interview and you've talked about a lot of strategies and I know the best way to find out about how to deal with all this is reading your book. Uh, but and you said that, you know, con- having conversations is, is one thing. But what are your top strategies for, uh, you know, women who are and even men who are uh, facing a similar situation where women are the main bread earners? What would be your top three strategies? OK, so uh, the first thing to do is to ditch the guilt. Uh, you know, uh, guilt is a set of rules that you create that you decide you cannot break. For example, if you're a woman and you're you need to go to work and you're the main earner, but your mum stayed at home for the first five years of her child of your life, for example, she might be saying to you, "Well, that's what every mum should do." So you end up with those rules running your life, but feeling guilty the whole time. So the idea is to write down the rules you're living your life by currently, and often those haven't been created by you. Cross that list through and create your own rules, which might be, you know, I'm going to work for the first few years of my child's life, but I'm going to have a really good work-life balance. I'm going to make sure I give quality time, for example. Uh, You know, so it's, you know, write the new rules for you, and that way you won't feel guilty because you'll be living by the rules that you want to live your life. I think the second one is to put more trust in other people. Um, too often when women are the main earner, we're still doing everything. We're still doing, we're still perfect housewife as well as career woman, as mother, counselor, daughter, all of those things. You know, my book is called Rocking Your Roles. We have so many roles. And um, I, I think putting some trust in other people to fulfill some of those roles whether that's you know getting your partner or your children to step up a bit more and help around the house or cook a dinner or um, actually getting some help in your home such as you know a cleaner or someone to do the ironing or or whatever it is actually trusting other people to help you and support you as you would if you're running a business you can't do it all yourself you start putting some trust in other people to help you um, fulfill what you need to do and you're a better person as a result of it so that would be my my second one and not to if you if you get a cleaner don't clean the house before the cleaner comes you know really <laughs> trust the person to do it um, and and the last one I think is so important for all women is to get some me time we give and we give and we give uh, in all aspects of our life um, and we need to refresh ourselves we need to replenish ourselves so really have your me time sorted whether that's just a you know a lovely bubble bath or a walk or it's a full-on spa or a treat or a holiday you know or just some girly time you know uh, going out for drinks with your girlfriends just things that actually replenish and re-energize you making me time a priority as well these are fantastic tips jenny these were really really very very good and very helpful and i know that you have an appointment you need to leave now so i will let you go thank you so much jenny for a fantastic interview and for bringing out challenges which are typically unknown to women this was a wonderful wonderful conversation we learned so much you really are an r and who is creating a difference every day thank you take care bye R&R trains, coaches, and mentors women, empowering them to overcome personal and professional challenges and enabling them to revitalize and rise. You are now listening to R&R Sheroes. 
conversations with inspirational and heroic female role models who are creating a difference. To hear these motivational conversations, subscribe to revitalizeandrise.com.